I previewed that first single, man. What a doozy. And uh, that twist ending, of course, had a double impact for me because on one hand, I was like, this is weird. He's writing like this real nice poppy worship song, which isn't the Derek that I sort of think I know in as much as one can know you. And then that twist ending of, uh, of alcohol being the thing that maybe gets you through, of course, for me, is a double-edged. That's right. Alcohol is the thing that's destroying my marriage um, and, and destroying my sense of good. This is The Airing of Grief with Derek Webb. Conversations and correspondence about spiritual de- and reconstruction. Season 1, Episode 3. The Spirit Bears the Curse. Hey, it's... Yeah, is this Derek? Hey, it's Derek. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing okay. What are you up to today? Uh, trying to find a quiet place to talk. I'm oh, is college... that right? Yeah, I'm on a college campus right now. And oh, so... okay. We'll see. Did you Hopefully find nobody... it? <laughs> I'm in a, a meeting room at the end of a hallway in a chemistry lab. Oh, gosh. Okay. So there's no telling. <laughs> no telling what might happen. Cool. Well, thanks for making uh, thanks for making time to talk to me. No, I'm super excited. I'm excited that you are doing this, and I'm really curious to see what you create out of it. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Well, so tell me, tell me, uh, tell me how things are going. Well, I mean, obviously, I want to talk about the album. Sure. Um, and I don't know. I've followed you for years um ever since your first album hmm. and it's been really interesting to see uh your transition yeah. um as well and one thing i will say um <laughs> you have a very pleading voice you have hmm. i think one of the best pleading voices ever oh man um, well it comes so naturally <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah i know <laughs> and I don't know, like... Oh, I appreciate that, yeah. Well, so tell me, and, and tell me, what do you, th- like, do you, do you feel, like, so that means you've been around, that means you've at least, in you know, tolerated me for a few years, and do you feel like it's because there have been things, like, resonance in your story, or, like, do you think, or, or do, you, do you feel like, like, where are we in relation to each other? Well, I don't know, like, one thing that I feel... And I don't know, again, this is not answering your question very well. No, no, it's fine. Like one thing that I think for you, and I could be completely wrong, or this is just a projection of myself, but um, that you have, you know, you always like to have this kind of split identity um, and that uh, you seem very in control and very strategic Hmm. about um, your pain and in that, and you're very clever as well about it. Um, mm. And so, th- with this album, I don't know. Like sometimes I don't buy it, um, mm-hmm. and other. Times, I was going to ask, like that. that those are inter- that's an interesting comment. Do you feel like 
As a result, it's it has come off like a manipulation. Well, because number one, you like you have a lot of intertextuality, right? You like have some phrases and lines that speak to other yes. songs, um, and I appreciate that. But I don't know, like. Does the, does the does fingers cross feel different to you than that? I think that's what you were in the middle of saying. Yes, when I interrupted yeah, you. like I I actually I don't think it's as strategic as your other albums. Um, it's and I, I don't want to say this as a negative thing, but it's very repetitive. No, no, say everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's very repetitive, and like even the build up to it, you didn't tell us about it either. Mm. Um, and like potentially you're, you know, making meaning after the fact with all these conversations, but it just seems very simple. And, Mm. um, and that could be, you know, I don't know, like sometimes I'm like, you can't keep up your image. Um, and that's what this is about Mm. because with the songs in the arc of this album, I think at the beginning, you are pretty consistent with the image you typically portray, um, being clever and um, being sneaky and um, hmm. f- seeming in control. But then in the middle of it, you kind of get super depressing and really pathetic. Um, <laughs> <That's> so good. <laughs> and then at the end, you go back right. and... So it's like, huh. I don't know how how strategic is this, right? I mean, I feel um, like I gave up a long time ago trying to be in control of any of that. I feel like I I ran out of emotional bandwidth to 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 do it. It just it takes a lot of. But I I mean you're you're that's intuitive and you're right. I mean I, that that's probably been a hallmark of my personality for most of my adult life is. I'm a hyper analytical type. So I, so control, yeah, is a thing for me that, um, like I, I've always been a little obsessed with and, um, but what feels different about this process and this record to me is if it's felt more like an act of desperation, like I, I don't feel, I don't, I'm not, I don't feel safe from it. I don't feel, um, like, I feel like this is the first, piece of work I've ever made that you can listen to and actually know something about me, actually know me. Like I, I didn't have the additional resources to both make it and then also detach myself from it in order to be safe. Like, Hmm. and, um, but I'm curious, I guess I'm curious how it made you feel in relation to kind of where maybe where you are with any of what you intuited is, is there. Like, did you, did you bristle? Did you resonate? Did you cock an eye, you know, kind of cock your head to one side? Is this the, is this the jumping off point with me or are you sticking no, around? <laughs> yeah, of course. I'm not going anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I love your work and I think you're brilliant and, um, it was really heartbreaking. I will mm. say that, um, because, you know, I, like, I will say I am the person on Twitter who insults you a bunch. Um, but, yes. um, no, really, that's good. Um, likes your stuff. I, I insult you to compliment you. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, it's I welcome. It heartbreaking and really desperate. I use that word as well. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, like 
in relationship to the I was wrong, I'm sorry, and I love you, that almost mm. felt like comparing those two albums, it felt like you jumped the gun um, mm. with I was wrong, I'm sorry, and I love you, that you yes. thought you had it figured out and that you were very proud and you almost were really cocky about Gosh, it. Gosh, yeah, that's um, so intuitive. Yeah, I think you're right. And this is like, oh, now I actually have to live with what I did yes. and what I created and... Yeah, I, th I, th like. I think that I think I think that I was wrong record. It it felt like the right thing at the time, but it felt like an act of desperation in a different way. It felt like, um, like I have really complicated feelings about that record, and it wound up being the the most deeply prophetic thing I've ever written, but specifically for me only. Hmm. And like it was read like that record was reading my mail. Like I had no idea that what I was writing was going to mean what it meant a year later because I had no idea what was about to happen. And so it it's eerie looking back on that record now and I and I could imagine it probably feels like a bit of whiplash going from that record to this. Yeah, and like I don't know, and these are just a couple comments from it. Like one you reference a lot of like things about childish beliefs or children or things like that hmm. in this album too, which I feel like you haven't really done that before. Hmm. Um, and maybe that's in relationship to your family and your children or like whatever. I don't know. Hmm. But like, I feel like that is a somewhat new element to hmm. this album um, hmm. as well. But yeah. And lastly, well, yeah. I don't know. And again, this might be insulting, but I don't know. No, let's um, have it. That's what this is for. Like, I don't know how much you are, like, you know, I with your tweets and uh, I have friends who have been to your shows and yeah. kind of like talking about alcohol a bunch. And of course, sure. like that, the song that you came out with, like, I really don't and I don't know how much of that is like true for you. Like yeah. if you, you know, have a problem with drinking or whatever, yeah. but yeah. like I and a lot of people have praised this album as kind of the most raw album and you have said it yourself. And it's like, I don't know how much one alcohol played a part in that. And two, like, I don't want people to reinforce for you that your best work or your most honest work is because of yes. the aid of alcohol. Sure. No, that's, that's, so. that's, that's important and a kind, that's a, that's a, that's a kind concern. And I mean, I'll just, I'll just say that, I'm I'm an artist, not a journalist, and so you 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 do exaggerate to make points. Um, I I had a sense once I wrote like maybe half the record, and every single song had some reference to alcohol in it. I was like, okay, so I see what's happening, but I also <laughs> but I also think it's important to leave it this way because this is I mean I'm I'm looking at the world, I'm describing it, and this is part of this is part of it right now, and. Um, I want to be as honest as I can about that, um, but I think you're right, of course, um, and that's a that's kind of you to. That's well, that's encouraging to hear because I was like, man, that's gonna be really shitty if like uh -huh. he, you know, if people are praising him for engaging in this activity and creating the most honest album that he has created, like right, you know, yeah, I, so. I don't think the alcohol hurt, but it, I don't think it was, I don't think it was the uh, what, what lit the fuse on it <laughs> um cool yeah but anyway oh man i really appreciate you talking and i'm i'm sorry our time is so short but um 
but thanks for no. being honest and thanks for making a few minutes and I hope you will keep listening and I hope you'll keep insulting me on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited that I had the chance to do this. So yeah. um, good luck, man. And I'm thanks. super excited to hear what comes out of this and see what you do next. Thanks. So. All right, let's talk in person someday. All right. All right, bye. Bye. So we raise our voice We raise an offer Would you come near And quench our thirst Lift our hearts As the Spirit bears The curse Hey, is this... Hey, Derek. How hey, are you? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Good. Thanks for taking a minute to chat today. Hey, no, thank you. That's <laughs> oh, a pleasure. Uh, we actually met like years ago at Purple Door Festival. Okay. Uh, uh, several, several years ago. I remember walking you to your car and uh, you inadvertently convinced me to drop out of Bible college. So. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Whether, whether should we, that should we check your... in and see how that's going? <laughs> <laughs> whether that was your intention or not. Um, okay. But yeah, so following you over the years, I mean, it's funny. Every time a new album came out from you, I was kind of like, well, either, um, well, you know, I was like, I don't know if I'm still following with him as much. And mm. then something on each album, I'd be like, oh, no, this is where I'm at, too. And, and you'd kind of had wandered further out. And I'd be like, oh, this is where I'm at, too. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I guess for me in my personal life, um, I've been going through some extremely difficult times in my own marriage. Uh, I've been married for five years now, and my wife had a bunch of trauma in her young adult life that she hadn't dealt with. And when we got married, all that stuff surfaced. And one of her predominant toxic things was her struggle with alcoholism. And um, that kind of was the tipping of a large force of destructive acts within our marriage. Yeah. And it it really, really tore apart my understanding of faith and my understanding of like, if you do the right thing, good things will happen. Sure. That's if right. you keep making the right choice and as Spike Lee would put it, do the right thing, yeah. then uh, good things will come. And it seemed like the more I tried to do the right thing, the worse things became. Hmm. And so uh, I've always been a sucker for a sad bastard breakup record. So I see a new Derek Webb album on the, on the rise <laughs> and, uh, I, I preview that first single, man. What a doozy! And mm. uh, that twist ending, of course, had a double impact for me because, on the one hand, I was like, "This is weird. He's writing like this real nice poppy worship song, which isn't the Derek that I sort of think I know, in as much as one can know you." Mm-hmm. And then that twist ending of uh, of alcohol being the thing that maybe gets you through, of course, for me is double edged. That's right. Alcohol is the thing that's destroying my marriage. Mm. Um, and, and destroying my sense of good. Yeah. Um, so that began and then, man, I, I would try and listen to the record and I couldn't make it all the way through for the first several tries. Um, because in so many ways I didn't realize this, but I, I kind of had this, I guess I didn't realize I idolized you. You were kind of a voice of stability. Sometimes in your life, you've got three or four people and you're not connected to them personally, but it's sort of like, if they still believe, then I can still believe, even if my sure. life doesn't make sense. I know what you mean. And 
and probably at some point that was David Bazan, and then <laughs> he went his way. And uh, so, and all of a sudden it put me in a tailspin. The first couple times listening to the record, I, I had a full-on anxiety attack of just being like, this whole thing is, is bullshit and everything yeah. that I've done. My marriage, where I'm at, my reason for living is not good, is mm-hmm. not stable. And um, part of that is the fact that I've, I've been living in a place of trauma due to this whole thing for quite some time. Yeah. And I haven't, I haven't really let myself feel it. I've been in survival mode for a long time. Mm. And so, hey, if there's any good thing, I, I'm, I'm actively seeking out doing some therapy now. <laughs> oh, it's the best thing. It's the best. I mean, I, I, I didn't miss a week for at least three years with, with, um, with somebody. And it was just easily the best thing, the best choice I could have made. Because, I mean... I don't really see how anybody could argue with the value of of investing, you know, an hour a week into your emotional health. I don't really see how anybody could argue with that being only beneficial. Um, like, but just to sit with somebody who has some objectivity and better tools um, to help process what you're feeling than you do is invaluable. And I, I mean, every thing I learned and you know, whatever, whoever the man I am today in contrast with the man who I was five years ago, I attribute to those weeks, those hours I spent, you know, so that's, however you got there, that's a great thing. And, and I'm super stoked to hear, you know, that, that you're going to invest that time. I mean, that's such a good thing. Um, it's, it's interesting, this whole idea of sort of idols, it's always been something that I've been so uh, critical of within sort of mass Christian popular culture is that mm. idealizing of leaders or speakers or people within the public, this sort of celebrity, the sure. the cult of, of Christian celebrity. Sure. And then to find myself kind of uh, deluding myself and doing the same thing, it was sort of like I had gotten to the sense where I was like, well, if this is where Derek is, this must be where I am as well. Mm. And having to realize like, well, your story is your story. You're telling your own personal story. And That's right. in some ways, my experience is sort of of the other partner in the marriage. That's right. Um, and, and that's sort of its own darkness. Um, yeah. Well, and, and this for me was the first record that was even nearly this personal. Most of the records that I've made or songs I've written or whatever have a pretty safe detachment like, yeah. uh, like I'm, I'm, they're not like, I mean, I, I build a Trojan horse, I put ideas in it and I push it out in front of people. And with this record, it's like, I'm in the horse or I am the horse or there is no horse. Like, it's just kind of me standing naked in front of everybody. It's like, it felt more like an act of desperation or an yeah. autopsy than it felt like, you know, like a crap, like a, some crafty piece of art about ideas that I've been thinking about like the, the this is a whole other thing I mean in yeah. in contrast with anything else I've ever made this feels like the first time I've ever done this uh, and um so it is a different it so the stakes are a lot higher for us both this time around and this isn't like a uh you know some kind of a uh extended essay on ideas it's you know it's uh it's pretty brutal and it's very personal. And so I can see why this one in particular would be super complicated, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. for both of us, but for you, you know, in your story for sure. 
I, I'm just I'm curious, like how has the dealing with all of those really hard and unexpected things for you personally, how has that how has that bear on your spiritual life or the way that you understand how the world works and things like that? Do you feel like it's strength and reinforced? Do you feel like it's it's destabilized, called into question? Do you feel like, you know, it, are you, wh- where are you with, with that in light of what you're kind of having to face right now? Yeah, I remember the first time I kind of had started on my way into an existential crisis, I remember expressing, I know what my beliefs are so long as I don't think about them. Exactly. Which is this sort of, this distance. And so for me, there's definitely that. There's functioning on two different levels. I mean, one of the things for me is to be able to continue to function as a human being, I have to sort of suspend my thinking to say, like, I'm not really in a healthy place to articulate truth. Right. Um, or maybe, to, or maybe to, to look at it with, like, cri- like, critically right now. Like, that's not... Sure. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's something that, of course, is both frustrating and true. I was thinking of this whole fact that like when life is good, you know, our experience and our belief in God is good and easy. Hmm. When life is difficult, our experience and belief in God is either difficult or we see God or experience the divine as cruel. Right. And, and it's it's. Our no, I think that's wise, man. I, I hear what you're saying. I feel like I went through a similar thing. Like I. I, I I knew better than to – it's like you never want to make any high-stakes decision in a moment of trauma or when you know that your resources are low. Like if you don't want to make a major life decision when you're starving or you haven't slept or sick or – you know, when you're at a deficit, you, you don't want to – you don't want to make a constrained decision at it from a deficit. And And I remember – doing kind of a similar thing, feeling a similar way of like, you know what, I'm going to not think too much about this right now because I just don't have the resources. And if I am pressed to make a decision now, it probably would not be the right one. It, it wouldn't be yeah. reasoned and healthy and in the ways that I would want it to be. But And so I went through some things and dealt with and, and then on the other side of it, I was like, all right, now that I feel like the waters are still and some of the trauma is kind of behind me and I'm grieving, but I'm not I'm stressed, but I'm not distressed anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. Once I got to that point, I started to like kind of say, okay, in light of the last few years, what rings true to me? Like, how, now let me reckon with the way that I've always seen the world and try to figure out what rings true to me still. Maybe it all still does, maybe it doesn't, but I feel like I need to kind of take an inventory here and kind of audit my, my thoughts on reality really quick. You bear the following is from a portion of a letter. Derek, I was always the one with good questions. I was referred to by the impromptu campus pastor in the church I was involved with throughout college as, quote, the one he knew he didn't have to worry about, unquote. I always wondered how it was that I seemed to care more than most anyone else. I was involved in everything that I could be involved with and later was a leader for most of those things. But I wasn't riding on the coattails of someone else's faith or doing any of it just for attention. I had my own faith, and I lived life within its lenses. I prayed all the time. I told God everything, as he was the one individual who seemed to have the time to listen to all I needed to say. 
And Jesus Christ, did I dive into the Bible. I literally studied the Bible more than anybody I personally knew, aside from the pastor and youth pastor, up until going to college where I met a few people who studied as much as I did. Now I am the one with fistfuls of frustration any time I look at my bookshelf or in my closet, full of things that I no longer want to represent or promote. I'm the one bursting with the desire to discuss things about life that most of those around me have always known. I'm the one with the longest and most consistent job experience in an environment that I can't be a part of anymore. David Bazan mentioned in an interview with the Bad Christian Guys that he told his producer during the recording process of Curse Your Branches that his departure from the faith he had known and lived under for so long was all he could talk about, that he didn't know how long it would be that way. That's about how I feel right now, myself. I'm trying to learn to craft stories with my own songwriting these days, instead of just trying to capture what I'm feeling and where that might be coming from. But every other song is still about this loss that goes beyond words. Good to talk to you. You too. Thanks for making a few minutes to chat. Yeah. Thanks for doing this. I think it's a, a brilliant idea. Oh, man. Well, I really appreciate it. And so we've got 10 minutes. Tell me everything. <laughs> uh, Thanks for uh, making a few minutes to chat. Absolutely. Um, I've been wanting to have a conversation with you for almost 20 years. Oh, my God. I, oh, wow. Okay. I could have I never imagined that this would be the context or the circumstances for it. Hey, man. It's Derek. How's it going? Uh, very good. Good. It is, it is very strange to actually talk to you. Is that right? Well, let's <laughs> well let's let's fix that. Man, where to start? I've got some notes here. Yeah, uh, cool. Well, let's just start with a hot button. Do you really believe what you wrote in the Spirit Bears the Curse? I mean, let's let's just talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, so like, what specifically? Well, I mean, like. Is it tongue in cheek, or is that where you're at in your life? Is it is it is it really where you are? Are you doing it to get a rise? What I do want to talk about. So, uh, so I started listening to your new record, and uh, I got through what is it, track three, "The Spirit Bears the Curse." Yes. <laughs> and I and I had to stop after that because mm. I was like, not because I didn't like it, just because it was just hitting me way too close to home. Mm. Because you know, these past couple of years. Well, there's been a lot of drinking involved. Yeah. And um, I, mean, I don't even know how to talk about it because I don't talk about it with anybody. Yeah, yeah. Derek, I find myself in a weird spot. I'm a, I'm a pastor. Yeah. Uh, and we – I think we probably had, had or maybe still have some of the same beliefs. But I find myself in the middle a lot. Like I, I don't yeah. – I don't agree with, with, with a lot of what's become conservative evangelicalism. Sure. But, but I also I've never been a doubter, but I've always also like I, I feel sympathetic towards the plight of the doubter, if that makes sense. It does, of course. Yeah. When I first started listening to the song, I was like, Well, what is this song? Because it sounds like a worship song. <laughs> is he writing his like last worship song? It's like and then right. you get to the punchline and I'm like, Oh, holy hell. Because yeah. <laughs> I laughed and then I was and then I sat there and I was like, Oh no, I totally understand this and 
Uh, wow. So I don't I don't really know what to say about it other than that. Yeah. Um, Under the spirit bears the curse. My honest question, without any um, kind of sarcasm or leading involved at all, um, does the alcohol really work, or is that an expression of uh, of hope that it will work, an expression of longing that it would work, or is it a conviction that this really does work? <laughs> like, do you do you really believe that the that alcohol is synonymous with the Holy Spirit, or is it tongue in cheek, or just trying to figure that? Because that 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 song to me. Because uh, that was the first single you released with that yeah, lyric video, right? right? Yeah. Um, which, even though I don't agree, like <laughs> with where it ended up, that that lyric video was just so beautiful and witty and <laughs> like, clever. I, if the question is, do I feel like alcohol and the Holy Spirit are synonymous or the same thing or or comparable? Um, I would say no, definitely not. Um, and but I also don't. But I also, at least, were at least right this minute. Um, uh, like I can walk into my kitchen, I can put my hands on a bottle of booze. Like I know that I know that's in there. I know it's real. Yeah. I know the literal effect. And I'm being a little bit hyperbolic here, but I, I you know, I, I. Whereas, I'm not convinced of. I'm not convinced that the voice, and I'm using air quotes right now, like the voice of the spirit that I have heard and trusted and followed been in tune with, learn to be more in tune with mm. that I hear in my head, I hear in my imagination. I'm not I'm not convinced that that's not just the sound of my intuition, the sound of my body communicating. And and it, it actually rings a lot truer to me. I always was curious that that voice sounded a lot like me to me. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm at least now open to the idea that maybe it is and maybe it was and maybe I'm way more acquainted with the voice of my own intuition and gut and body than yeah. maybe I was, you know, than I thought. Um, and maybe there isn't a, uh, a grieving and a refinding so much as a renaming um, and a realization of maybe what it was and was all the time. And, but I could also be wrong about that. And maybe yeah. the voice yeah. that I am hearing still is still the voice of the spirit. It's not, it's not a thing that I know. It's not a thing that I can tell you for sure. So, um, but I'm still listening to it and I'm still yeah. inter- interacting with it and trusting it and following it in, in almost exactly yeah. the same way. Yeah. And so that said, no, they're not by any stretch the same thing. Gotcha. And, and the song itself, since you're asking, like, to me, what it felt a lot more like, it doesn't to me feel like a song about alcohol, about booze. I mean, th- there are certainly moments in my story and moments in my life and they are, they are actually pretty rare i think compared to how it must seem um uh considering how predominantly alcohol seems to play because i i on the record i mean in the same way that joni mitchell's album blue mentions the color blue in almost every song and that's probably why she chose to call it that i probably could have named my record something about alcohol because i think it (laughs) plays pretty predominantly in almost every song but it would have felt dishonest for it not to because that has been a, a, a part of the processing of the last few years, and I felt like it was important it was there. That said, that song is less about alcohol as it is as alcohol in that song seemed to, for me, be a, 
a term a, a term loaded with meaning that melt that meant a lot more to me about finding community and finding promises kept that I felt like the church made to me in unlikely places mm. like in my local bar with my community there and mm. the way that we were having fellowship and finding a place to bring our grief and our joy in all the ways that church was kind of maybe supposed to be and we were talking about because many of us like the island of misfit toys had found ourselves kind of recongregating in places like bars and yeah. in places where we felt safe that we could really be completely honest and we could be accepted and that we wouldn't be cast out or whatever and and just talking about wow so like this is a version of the church and maybe a truer version like we're gathering we're confessing one to the other we're partaking of the spirit like we're you know we're we're bearing each other's burdens um we're caring and looking out for each other it, it, we're like you know like this is kind of a realer it, it has realer implications and it's it's a, it's a realer thing even than many of us experienced the previous thing ironically it's the thing that the that we it's why we went to church and why none of us are going there anymore and mm. and so it became and, and it was just kind of a joke one night where we were all talking about it um, all of mm -hmm. us having a history in church and talking about how strange that that was and, and how the parallels are so close and that the only thing we're missing is our own worship music and and I <laughs> offhandedly as a joke said oh well that's part of what I do I'll get right on that like I'll write us a song <laughs> and so I just thought that would be so interesting to write a song yeah. that was like our anthem for the reconstruction emotionally that we were trying to do desperately yeah. together um, and basically just renaming it for what to, for at least the thing around which we were gathering you know so it, it started almost as a joke but then it really did kind of yeah you know mean wound up meaning something really profound to me but it was less about the actual alcohol and more just yeah. the thing the phenomenon that we were seeing of what was coming because that's so yeah. much of what I'm interested in that I that I'm curious about now is not so much the deconstruction itself so much as what is on the other side what comes next yeah. what what um what do you replace like where do you mm. place the target where do i put the target of my gratitude my grief my joy my anger where do i aim all that now yeah. and um and so that song had something to do with some of those things too yeah, yeah. you know and, and for me it felt like a very honest and vulnerable confession of like, yeah. this is, this is for me in this moment, the thing that is comforting to me. And it's the thing yeah. that is, and it, it really became a metaphor for that place and those people. It wasn't really, I mean, obviously it's, it's as a, as a communicator, you want to use words in every yes. way that you can to communicate ideas and to be disruptive to people's ways of thinking. And so to sum it up with the word alcohol, certainly, <laughs> certainly, you know, did the job, but, but really ultimately yeah. it, it's not about alcohol so much as it's about my loss of place and the grief of kind of years of pleading met with total silence. And, mm. um, you know, like the way that they talk about, like when you're in high school, like you, you need to be having your quiet times because you can't have a relationship if only one person's talking. You have to show up and, you know, it's like any other relationship. You just show up to it and you have to... Mm -hmm. And I kind of... Not to not to throw anything back at anybody, but it's like yeah. I kind of found, okay, well, so I'm years into pleading um, and asking and 
like I'm the only one showing up to this conversation. And yeah. I know that some would say, well, you don't like God's, an-, you know, like you got, you know, God silences <laughs> him answering your prayers and all, and all that stuff that's on stitch on every pillow. Sure. And that's, sure. And, and, I, and that's all fair, but it's like, there was a, a real emotional sense in which I just couldn't bear to continue to do it. I could, it just, sure. it wasn't a way to live anymore. I feel like that's one thing that I, I always have appreciated about you, whether, whether we've been in the same Sure. track of mind or, or not here in the last five years, you know? And to me, that's, that's, that's just such a rare quality. And bro, that's, that's the intangible that is, that has kept me around all these years. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it, to me, it's, it's valuable in my life because like, you know, I, I really, I try to listen to voices that I agree with, obviously, but also that I don't agree with. And I yeah. think that's what's been what helpful in, in, in this is as, like you said, the last five years, you've kind of walked down this deconstruction, reconstruction path. And so, um, yeah. Well, I really appreciate that. And, and yeah. I, I'm glad that we can, I really appreciate you saying that. And I, and I hope we yeah. can continue to find some tiny bit of real estate we can stand on together, <laughs> you know, because like I say in the opening song on the record, you know, if, if your eyes can see what's killing me, I'll need you by the end. It's like, yeah, I, I need you to stick around. Well, you know, you talk, you, you ask people about their initial reaction to the, to the album. Um, and here, here, I just wrote out a few things. I said, I'm sad. I said, this is, this album is fantastic, fantastic musically, creatively and craft wise lyrically. Yeah. But the lyrics make me sad and angry. Yeah. And, and not, not at you. No, they, they make, they, I feel, I feel the same. Actually. Yeah. They're mad that like, I couldn't be there for you in a sense to walk through those things and remind you that the, of the gospel in a non-patronizing way. Yeah. Cause, cause I feel like I've dealt with this a lot and especially in the last eight years since we planted our church. Like, yeah. uh, I feel like your, your, your journey is on display is, is a macrocosm of a lot of the yes. microcosms that are going on. No, I believe that. I think that the airing of grief has turned into an amazing thing. I, yeah. You are a hustler, bro. Like in, <laughs> in, 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 a, in a good sense. Like I'm, what you did to it with turning it into a podcast. That's amazing. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. And I can't wait for Sunday night. Like it's, oh man, it's, it's really well, good. I, I mean, honestly, it means a lot. And and I hope you'll stick around. And and I hope yeah, we have yeah. a chance to talk some more in person sometime. I really do. Yeah. Hey, there, there's still hope, bro. And I believe yeah. that you are too far gone i believe the gospel still fixes this i believe that jesus still fixes that and, and i know there's a lot of pact in that statement but i just want to tell you that i believe that and, and i appreciate and that some weird distant way i love you and i, I appreciate yeah, your voice yeah um, well and, i and I, I appreciate you too and i'll borrow that hope for now and uh yeah yeah man please do all right it's good to talk to you yeah thanks Derek. appreciate it man see ya bye-bye
Thanks for listening. To add your voice, lend your support, and meet our team, visit theairingofgrief.com. We are a community-backed project. Please consider joining our faithful supporters to help us keep the conversation going. You can learn more at theairingofgrief.com by clicking Become a Patron. And we'll see you after church next Sunday for The Airing of Grief.